0: So today's guest on the show is Lucinda Bakken-White, and she is the author of Confessions of a Bone Woman, Realizing Authentic Wildness in a Civilized World. So she is a woman who, at some point in her life, had everything that we would consider as being just divine and wonderful and awesome. She had everything that she ever wanted except happiness. So uh, her book is a wonderful tale going throughout her life and telling the story of how she found herself and how she found that wild, authentic side, her inner wildness, which is what she is now trying to do in the world to help others reclaim theirs. So, Lucinda, welcome to the Path 11 Podcast.
1: Hello, April. It's so fun to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Yes. So I told you before we hopped on uh, that I had this crazy story to tell you and I wanted to share it with our audience. So uh, typically, I like to read people's books as soon as I can that is like close to their to their interview time. So I woke up early this morning, and I read your book this morning. But before I read your book, right before I woke up, I had this dream. And in the dream, there was a lioness coming towards me with her baby cub. (laughs) And The she's kind of looking at me and there's a part of me that is thinking, okay, am I going to die or are we going to say hello? What's going to happen? So in the dream, she comes up and basically gives me like this beautiful hug and places her head on my left shoulder. And in the dream... I am kind of saying to myself, okay, don't let her know that you're a human. (laughs) Try to act like you're a lion. And uh, I like lowered my breathing, I made it become very still. I wanted to pet her so bad, but I was like, no, don't pet, just kind of be the lion and snuggle with her. And then all of a sudden her baby cub started to run across the road and she noticed it and jumped off of me and ran away. And uh, so then I had woke up and I could still feel her on my left shoulder. Uh, You know, I get ready to take my dog out. I could still feel it. I come back, I open up your book, and it's dedicated to the animal kingdom.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That is such a beautiful story. not
0: that crazy? I was like, oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> and do you have these kind of dreams and encounters with wild animals,
0: or is this unusual for you? Um, I do have them, but not very often. Well, there's a very potent message there. When
1: you, I, I hope you'll spend some time with that dream decoding the message, but it's such a beautiful feeling, so lovely and graphic. And um, what are your thoughts about it? What does it mean?
0: Well, I'm not sure. At first, I just thought it was, you know, after I opened up your book and I began reading your story and the connection to the animal kingdom and finding the bones. And, you know, I didn't know if it was kind of a little bit of the animal kingdom saying like, hello, and bringing our energies together. Um... You know, the other sense, if I were to decode it a bit, would be uh, there's something very nurturing and mothering and loving about that. Also very protective when she was like paying attention to the cub and the cub ran away and she kind of like left. Um, There was a part of it. I just sat with it just for a few minutes uh, this morning, uh, but I felt a kinship almost of being recognized. And I was told by a shaman, too that one of my power animals is a lion. So I do connect with lions. And it was interesting how you referred to your mom in the book as as a lion before I you know even opened up the book. It was just wild and crazy. So I don't know. I'm still kind of downloading it
1: well, I love all these synchronicities and how the animal kingdom brings us together. Uh, and, and then I was going to ask you if you thought maybe lion was one of your animal totems or power animals. So, oh, it is such beautiful energy. And then it, it, it it's very um, divine feminine. Where She was on your left shoulder. The left side of the body is feminine energy. And then the feeling is so important in a dream. And you held on to that feeling after the dream. Yes. And the motherly um, um, energy, it, it, that's a very potent dream about your connection with your power animal and moving forward in that energy field. Mm, So spend time with it, write it down and um, so much will come to you. And this just all speaks everything that happened with your dream and the timing and my book and our animal connection. This is how the invisible world around us works. It's here and it's guiding us and there's strings of connections everywhere. I love it. We're all being pulled together if we're open and aware, paying attention.
0: Yes. Well, thank you. And, you know, I wasn't even thinking about the left side per se, And you know, I'm familiar with the left and the, the right being more the masculine left feminine. So awesome. Thank you for some of those tips, because I will definitely um, do some journaling around it. It was really magnificent. It was so short, but so powerful. And then so cool to open up your book and read about you and your connection uh, to the animal kingdom. So let's let our, our our audience know a little bit more about you. And your story, it was a wonderful book. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. So where would would you like to begin in kind of letting people know a little bit about this journey of how you came to find kind of your inner wildness and reclaiming that? Well, it's interesting we started off with animals. Um, Part of
1: the reason that people have power animals back in the indigenous cultures and carried forward to today is animals are authentic. You would never see a a squirrel acting like a wolf. And yet our modern culture has overemphasized our human nature and we follow a lot of copycat formulas for success and people get disassociated from their, their inner authenticity. So I believe that we're spiritual beings that are eternal, having a temporary experience as a human being. So we're meant to balance both aspects of ourself and I grew up in the 60s with a single mother. She was not a hippie, but uh, we, we didn't have a lot of money. And yet I had a really amazing childhood because both of my grandparents had property near nature and I just played outside with cousins and climbed trees and talked to animals and swam in the river. And when I was 11, my mom married a man who was affluent. And overnight I had to move and lost my connection to my birth clan's because my mother had three children in a row and it was just a new, um, lifestyle with new rules and ways of being. And by all exterior, um, appearance, you know, looking on the outside, it appeared I was rescued because back in the sixties, very few people were divorced and it was a struggle for my mother to be, she had me when she was 20 to be single on her own, raising me and getting her college degree. So, it was it seemed like a blessing to everybody that she married an affluent man and it was in many ways but i didn't understand it at first i was too young and it was so abrupt it was a new town new friends new family new rules new ways of being and not seeing my my birth clans anymore because we were in a new area and we were, my mom was so busy raising three babies So I had a disassociation from my soul and my father who loved me dearly took it upon himself to raise me. And I was raised through the lens of, of a man, a masculine view of what a woman should be in, in an era that overemphasized the masculine energy. So he wanted me to be skinny, look beautiful, go on diets, go to school, get straight A's. And I did all these things, but it was very painful because it went against my nature, and it was very hard to do, and I felt that there were consequences if I didn't do what he wanted. Even though he was very kind, it was confusing. By the time I was 27, I had accomplished one you know, level of the American dream. I was living in Los Angeles in a condominium with girlfriends, working for IBM. I had a master's degree, and I was driving a Porsche, and I had gone on many diets um, to lose weight. And I recognized the disconnect. This was 1987. The way that I felt on the inside, my thoughts and my feelings did not match how I looked on the outside. And that caused a crisis. And when I tried to talk to people about it, they said, I I don't feel sorry for you. You have it all. Mm -hmm. So it was very confusing for me. And that was the beginning of me going on a lifelong mission to seek the true meaning of life and to reclaim my authenticity, which I didn't even understand at the time, but that was the turning point.
0: Yeah. And, and through your book too, um, you talk about kind of how the animal kingdom really paved the way in a sense, or helped you to reclaim yourself. Um, you know, different animals that you mention in your book are the wolf, the owl, the turkey vulture, the raccoon, the black panther, the skunk. And um, so I would love for you to also talk a little bit about how that connection started to happen, how all of a sudden you started seeing lots of bones and feathers and collecting them and putting, um, you know, all of these kind of pieces together and really recognizing the messages that these animals were bringing to you. And maybe we can kind of start there and then I'll, I'll ask a couple more questions.
1: Yes. I love talking about the animals. Uh, Well, I was deeply connected to nature from birth to 11, but when I moved and there was so much emphasis on the doing and the appearances, I got more and more disconnected from nature. Occasionally I would go for a walk. I did have a horse, but the horse actually scared me. I didn't want the horse, nor did I know how to ride it. So that was not an, an interesting experience with an animal because horses really reflect back your energy, and I was just very uncomfortable with myself. But the more I achieved and accomplished and went to school and worked, I really wasn't connected to nature and I wasn't even aware that that was something important to me until I had my own children. So I'm jump ahead. I'm in my early thirties now and my children did start to awaken something in me because children are our greatest teachers. And I started to remember and flash back to my childhood, but we were visiting a, um, a ranch in Montana where there was an archeological site Um, It was private property and there were bones there, remnants from Native American um, cultures thousands of years ago where they used to process buffaloes um, for food, shelter and clothing. And I don't know what came over me. I was so drawn to the bones and so compelled that when I started chipping away at the sediments of time, I was able to to pick out a piece of a, a small piece of a rib bone. And when I put it in my hand, it was like electricity running through my body and it awoken, it, you know, awakened something primal in me that I was really surprised because when I, when I married, my husband, he was a very successful CEO and we had a very visible lifestyle and it accumulated a lot of affluence. And, um, I was going to a lot of high society social events. So it was very unusual for me to be out in nature, sweating, chipping away, um, at a, a rock face to get at bone and then to have this electricity run through my body that awakened something primal. And after that, when I was at home and I would be out in nature, I would start to see bones and I was so curious and I started collecting them and then it, it just spiraled me down into this rabbit hole of being in awe. I'm so amazed that I'm up close and personal with this wild animal. What animal is it? How did it die? What piece of the the anatomy is this? I didn't know any of it. And it was before the internet, but I just did it anyway. And without, I was so immersed in it. I wasn't thinking, am I going to make money? Um, I wasn't even asking myself, why was I doing it? I just did it. And I woke up one day and realized I had a whole room full of bones and animal parts. And we at the at, and also, at the same time, when I had started having these awakenings, I wanted to move closer to nature so my children could have that experience. I started realizing how important it was. And then I started noticing roadkill because I was interested in bones, and I want and it it made me sad that the animals were run over a million different times by you know several cars. So I would, pick them up and put them to the side of the road and return them to the soil and what happened was the animals started talking to me and i just developed this intimate rapport and then in the process of being at a um bookstore, a spiritual bookstore, and having these awakenings and just following the little clues and what I was compelled to do. And again, there's no internet. I found a book by Ted Andrews called Animal Speak. Mm-hmm. And I started understanding or learning about the symbolism of animals and how they speak to us in augury. And that started, you know, again, it just kept going and going and going. And I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs>
0: I love that. That was one of my favorite parts, um, in your story too, where it was, it was almost as if the animals began to recognize and like you said, come into relationship with you. And then all of a sudden you found yourself like constantly finding these animals that were either hurt or that were dead. And you're kind of really giving them ceremony.
1: It was ceremony. And what I realized in in hindsight, there's so many of the epiphanies came in hindsight, uh, you know so now I'm constantly I, t- I call it walking between daytime and nighttime you know I it just it's, it's all the same to me I analyze dreams the same way I analyze my interactions during the day and when we're open and aware to it the universe is always trying to communicate with us but I didn't know that at the time people say to me how do you follow the clues well, it's just, you, you're you just engaged and you're open and you're aware. And just like your dream with the lion, we don't know all the answers yet, but the more you think about it and process it and journal it, and then after you've done all that, go online, maybe Google the symbolism. I don't love all the symbolism online because some of it just seems very cliche or overused, but you will get hits. There'll be one or two things in there that really resonate. And you're like, yeah, that's 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 another piece of the puzzle, but getting connected to the mystery and be excited by it and just following one clue after another after another it leads you somewhere so with my example of the bones 15 years into it I had so many bones and animal parts and I had been doing research about the symbolism and yes it was a ceremony I was so present with every animal and bone Because I was so in awe. And even an animal, you mentioned turkey vulture. This is why I'm connected to turkey vulture. When I started pulling the roadkill off of the road and going over to the soil, so many different things happened. Sometimes I would just return it to the soil because, A, it's not on the road getting run over in disgrace. But also it's easier for a body to decompose on the soil than the asphalt. But yes, a ceremony looking at this animal, I don't know why, but it didn't bother me if the animal was decayed or if it had a smell. I could see the beauty in the entire animal. And let's just say the body was mangled. I could see the face and I I was looking at the whiskers and the little coloring at the tip of their ear and the tail and the little paws and how many claws do they have. And that was pure love. And Again, I wasn't consciously thinking it, but in retrospect, I realized I wasn't thinking, oh, I just had a fight with my husband. Oh, I've got to pick up the kids at school at three. Oh, when is my girlfriend going to call me? I was so present with that animal and grateful. And then, yes, doing the ceremony. Sometimes ceremony is really just about having your presence there, the focus. And then that started to heal me. I had some physical ailments that were going on. Again, I didn't know at the time. But having 100% of your energy present is a high vibration because you're connected to something that's authentic, And the authenticity is connected to your soul, which is connected to the spiritual realm, which is a higher vibration of love. On the human plane, the energy is dense when we're humans. It's intended. It's the plane of duality. Um, We have emotions and vibrations that are denser. But when we can get out of our human self and into our authenticity, our soul that never dies, it's a higher vibration and it's healing. So working with these animals, being 100% present did so many things for me. It started to heal me and the animals, it opened up these conduits where the animals would talk to me and I would just get these hits in my head, what they wanted me to do with them, what the meaning was, what the message was. And I realized, and and then I would think, okay, how can I get at the bone? The animal would talk to me and say, I want you to have these bones because they carry a vibration and the bones are symbolic of our soul. I was listening to your podcast about the death doula. I forgot her name, but it was such a good interview. I just really um, uh, enjoyed that um, interview. And she was talking about um, death and dying. And um, so getting at the – she's she's talking about how, you know, people don't like to talk about death. And it's a really good conversation to have. Yes, we are born to die. And at the end of this lifetime, our flesh – our body will decompose. But if you think of the bones in the museum and the dinosaurs, the bones will stay around for a long time. So they are symbolic. I work with symbols. They're symbolic of our inner essence, our soul, that part of us that will never die. So that's how my journey began, reclaiming my authenticity and going inward. This was my path. There are a lot of people out there like me, I later found out, but I wasn't copying anybody. I was just doing it. And so the animals wanted me to get at the bone. And so at first I was returning the animals to soil. Then they would talk to me, you know, I want you to have my bones. I was like, well, how am I going to do that? And so I would bring the animal home. And I did so many intuitive experiences over the years to work with these decaying animals to get at their bone. And. Uh, learned so much about transformation and the soul and the human body just through this firsthand experience of observing it. And that's what turkey vulture does. Turkey vulture is um, a bird of prey, a very large bird. People think it's ugly because it doesn't have feathers on its head, but it's important part of, of its role in the ecosystem. And they can smell, they have a heightened sense of smell, and they know where there's... Um, animals that are decaying in the forest and in in the urban areas as well, they can smell it and then they go in and they clean up the rotting meat and get it down to the bone so that the bacteria and germs aren't spread through the environment. And then by not having feathers on their head, they're not carrying that bacteria in the feathers on their head when they're getting into the carcass and eating the meat. So I really resonated with turkey vulture as one of my animal guides and it taught me through observation and energy and symbolism, how to get at that bone, my inner essence, the soul.
0: Yeah, I feel like the turkey vulture represents, it's kind of like the cleaner, like, let's clean up the mess and get down to the root, you know, or the bone of the issue. And, you know, it's so interesting, too, that we're talking about bones, because this year it probably resonates with me much more um, as I came to uh, just study a little bit from Maladoma Somme. He's an African shaman of the Dagara tradition, and he kind of created his own, I guess, formula for understanding are trying to make sense of people and the different minerals that they are so in his in his uh teachings he says anytime the year ends in a zero or a nine it is the year of mineral so we're in the year of mineral And as I was uh, studying and teaching this to women, we did a women's wellness about it. We were uh, getting minerals and bones to do sacred ceremony and basically placing them on our bodies because what I had learned and what he has said, and it's exactly what you are saying too, is that the bones are the storytellers. They hold the stories. And when you kind of come in communion, I guess you could say with the mineral kingdom, with the bones and the stones, that they will remind you of your story. They remind you of your gifts. They remind you of who you are in order for you to be able to, kind of what you did, begin to live that out and to remember. They help us to remember is what he says. So I love how you are explaining it somewhat in different words, but it's the same the same concept.
1: You know, and that's what I love about talking to people and being open, because we're all saying the same thing with our own creative expression. And yeah, we're unique and we're individual and different, but underneath it all, our soul is connected to everybody else's soul, which is also connected to the spirit realm. And that's what it means to be one. And that's why I like to open and uh, connect to the spirit that runs through all things, because there are common denominators. And it's so fascinating to see how different people interpret it and and express it. I love Maladoma Somme. I read his um Autobiography, yeah, and was just so wowed by him. I don't, it, it's been a while, I don't remember him talking about bones, but he probably did in the autobiography. But that is so amazing that you studied with him. I think he is such an incredible person. I also, after that, researched him on YouTube because I, I thought he was an incredible man. That's astounding that you do, you worked with him,
0: yeah, and one of my teachers did, um, as well. So, kind of, I worked. With him, through her, um, I had a divination by him, and then again, reading his books and then taking some of the teachings to the women that I work with. And I'll tell you, it was um it's still powerful, you know, thinking about the work that we've done, looking at the mineral kingdom and bones in a totally different way than I ever had before. So, you know that's a, another reason why your story really uh, spoke to me, too, and because I can understand it at a different level. as much as I could, the story that you told about uh, the coyote that you ended up finding and you know as you kind of sat with the coyote to figure out you know what should you do do you take it back and you were told to just kind of leave it and allow it to decay there and that you would go back and visit it and you kind of really saw to me I would put it in my own words of just the beauty of life of that rebirth and death and how this death was feeding Um, you know, the ecosystem and, you know, you would see the, the bugs and the maggots and they would feed off of this death, but it was being returned back, recycled back to life.
1: Yeah. That is so much of what I teach right now. I mean, I, I believe in taking our wounds, you know, from growing up. So many of us have wounds, um, and turning them into our gifts because we are so experienced with them, if we can move through them, then we we are masters and there's people out there with the same issues that, that can benefit from our wisdom. And so my original wound was not being seen for who I was on the inside because there was so much emphasis placed on my external achievements and accomplishments. And so now I help people see who they are on in the inside, but one of my ongoing fundamental lessons in that process is getting people to understand that circle of life, that time and life and lessons are circular, not linear. And they move on a wheel of birth, life, death, rebirth, birth, life, death, rebirth. And yeah, that's what the animals taught me because I was intimately close with death and transformation and how there really is no death. Death begets new life and the only thing constant in nature is change. If you look at the moons, it's constantly changing and the seasons. And it's all the same, including the animals and us and our lives. Uh, and, and, and once we can recognize that and get into that same rhythm, our life becomes more enlivened and expansive. Um, when we move symbolically on the wheel of birth, life, death, rebirth so for example uh, you know graduating from college is a is an ending a death of sorts or a move is an ending or a death of sorts and there's a, of course a lot more dramatic and painful symbolic experiences like divorce but our modern culture emphasizes perfection and we feel like if something ends or if we make a mistake that We're not valuable or lovable. And so we put a lot of energy, we're taught, we're conditioned to put a lot of energy in perfection and not changing or putting up a front that everything's okay when it's actually really helpful to be like the moon. And once we peak in a process or in a relationship or at a stage in our life – it's time to go inward and do reflection and to think and to cleanse and purify and die off belief systems and habits and relationships and all sorts of things that no longer serve us so that we can come back refreshed, renewed and rebirthed um, with new energy and intentions. And we've slept off the old weight that, you know, or, or the things that have left us that no longer serve us. And that that was all demonstrated to me. Um, in the coyote, watching it decompose.
0: Yeah. So, you know, as you work with women on this journey to kind of, you know, help them to bring what is on the inside back out. You know, it's it's a very slow, in my experience, a slow transformation. It's kind of like you you know at a very deep core level of who you are, but then really trying to bring that out to express it on the outside to me is kind of a very slow and gentle journey. And can you talk maybe a little bit about that for women who are kind of exploring that or feeling like, okay, I'm finally beginning to act more like myself on the outside. Maybe you can give the example of how you began to do that, of really beginning to show people who you truly were and, you know, making the internal journey more both internal and external. It is a slow process and it's, it's actually supposed to be
1: because again, we're taught in this culture, you know, quick fix, quick fix, uh, you know, be famous, making a lot of money as soon as you get out of college. And yet there's a time to slow down and take things in. Um, it's a lifestyle for me is what I'm trying to say. It's not a master plan. Okay. I'm going to get to point A to B and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do all these action items and I'm going to work really hard till I get there. And I'm, it's more, it's a it's it's an intention. So every day I'm just paying attention to the clues and following them. And, and most people might think it's insignificant because I may not understand what the clue is or the message in the moment, just like the lion dream that you had. But by writing it down and thinking about it, maybe six hours later or the next day, another, because you paid attention to it, another little revelation will pop into your head. So um, maybe I decide to do some alignment with the moon to align with this energy and on the new moon i set intentions for the 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 moon cycle which is about 28 to 29 days it can be a small intention or a little intention and then for two weeks as the moon is growing you're just paying attention to your intentions as you go along with your day-to-day life how is it happening? Is it you know, am I making progress? What isn't working? You know, you're just slightly paying attention to it because you're in this growth moment, but then after the peak of the full moon, you do the same. You start to pull back and go inward in this one area of your life and take note of what worked, what didn't, let go of this, try this, adjust that, and then set new intentions for the new moon. What happens along the way is you'll get a lot of messages because you're paying attention. Um, maybe you don't know what your soul path is or what you're meant to do. But in this process, when you're thinking you're driving one day and all of a sudden you get this epiphany, I should take an art class. And, you know, where did that come from? Well, that's like a message, a sign, or maybe, um, uh, like, for example, what happened to me was I really resonate with the owl energy and, um, owls, a seer in the dark, it's aligned with the moon. Um, and, One day, about two or three, two years ago, Red Tail Hawk kept coming to me and, you know, it would fly in front of my, you know, car, it would sit in a tree outside my window. And I didn't know at first what the message was. And then I started to unravel that my totem, Great Horned Owl, had a counterpart in the daytime, which is Red Tail Hawk. Mm. And I was able to unravel the message that it was time for me to debut my gifts I had been hiding. I had been the owl. I had cultivated those gifts and it was time for me to debut and step out with my gifts. Now that's not a hardcore message that came out over time, but because I was clued into the hawk, number one, I didn't feel alone. I knew that hawk was there for me. It was an unusual message. And by studying hawk and how it worked in the daytime, I was learning about how I could work in the daytime and I was having fun and it's 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 ongoing like that, and then there's 20 other stories like that during the day of synchronicities and encounters. For example, you just mentioned Maladoma. I'm now thinking, okay, I know I need to read his book again. There's a message in there for me. Little clues like that, where you're paying attention. That's too much of a coincidence that you studied with him. He talked about bones. I read his book. Was very inspired by him. I need to go back again. So it's, those are the little clues that I'm always paying attention to and following. It makes me feel alive. It gives me hope. It makes me feel in awe that there's something invisible and greater around me. And the more time I spend in nature with all of my senses open or bringing nature into my home or sitting inside my home, looking out through the window at nature, The more I have my conduits open to receive these messages, the more I journal about my experience and the things that happened to me that I may not even understand and then do research on the internet, the more I'm following the trail and the closer I get. And some days I have big epiphanies and things I'm going to do that are life altering. And sometimes they're just little things and you just keep going and going and going. And frankly, it never ends.
0: And I think that's so important what you're talking about. You said it earlier, but it was follow the little, little, Uh, clues you know so we can pass something off like you're making me think of um, I think I had a little clue and didn't really pay much attention to it I was just more in awe of it yesterday there was this beautiful uh, yellow bird with some black wings I'll have to look it up and um, around where I live we all have bird feeders so I'm just thinking wow I've never seen this bird in the neighborhood before it's so beautiful so yellow and I was just admiring it but not really paying attention to well could it be a clue should I google it should I look it up but when you know, as, as you discussed and gave that example of maladoma, if you really listen and you really see, and you really pay attention, those are the whispers of the universe that are giving those clues that sometimes we just will mask over or think nothing of it or, Oh, pretty bird. Okay. And then go about your day and continue to walk your dog. Um, but I, you know, what I like is that you're reminding me to really really pay attention to everything and to see everything as a message, because we are in constant communication with the world, with the earth, with our surroundings, with nature. They're, like the communication does not stop, but if we don't engage and we're just kind of like listening, but maybe without action, we could miss a lot of these clues.
1: Yes. And I have to, I just need to reflect back to you that I had goosebumps when you told me about that little yellow bird. And the first thing that popped in my mind, which is another, um, clue for the listeners is you said yellow bird. And I thought, oh yes, yeah, see, you could really go down the rabbit hole. Like for example, with a red tail hawk, one aspect is, okay, what's the symbolism of the hawk? Another is what's the behavior of this animal? Let me study it. How does it act? It's a message for me. Hawk's coming to me. It's giving me a lesson about how I could act that's similar to him or her. But also color, the red tail has a lot of symbolism and energy and message in it for what's going on in my life as well. So when you said yellow bird, I immediately thought about color. Yes, that's another aspect of deciphering these clues. You could, there's, each clue and symbol is so deep, you could just keep going and going and going. Well, I also flashed on, not only did I get goosebumps when you talked about the yellow bird, and birds, because they have wings, are spiritual messengers. It's typically a spiritual um, lesson or energy or epiphany or awareness that is coming to you when it's through a bird. Um, but you said yellow and that it was an unusual bird that you hadn't seen in your neighborhood. Well, that's an even bigger sign. When the animal is unusual for you to encounter, the more unusual, the bigger the message. And um just in terms of the behavior or what the animal's doing or an animal that doesn't usually come um, to this, this area where you are. And I immediately thought about spirituality. Yellow can either be, you know, intelligent in the mind and intellectual, but because of your lion dream this morning, lion is this golden solar energy, which is very spiritual. And then you had this unusual encounter with a yellow bird. I was thinking spiritual. And then the mother lion with the baby, which could be indicative of a spiritual project. There's something really strong awakening in you. Um, And I got goosebumps. I just wanted to reflect that back.
0: Well, thank you. I mean, I've, I, I'm so glad that I, I mentioned that and remembered it because the, the bird was actually, I mean, it really was, was one that I think you would have saw in a store or on a tropical Island or somewhere. Cause I have, I've never seen it It was the first time I've ever seen it. It was so bright, but it was just staring at me. Like it turned its body on the, um, you know, as you're talking about this now, I'm really paying attention to its behavior and it was on the branch, but it was just in my line of sight and was turning towards me as I was walking, My dog, and just kind of constantly facing me. Um, And you know, in the past month and a half or so, I've undergone probably one of the most biggest internal shifts in consciousness that I've had in a long time through a program that I recently went through. So, and I'm doing a practice and it's twice a day, 40 days, once a day for six months. And so there's definitely a lot of shifts that are happening uh, in my life. The other interesting thing is you're talking about the lion. You know, I think I know what some other clues are related probably to my own mother who isn't doing very well in life right now. And it's kind of, we're probably at that peak of, you know, when will she transition? So You know, understanding that, uh, connecting that with the feminine, with that mothering energy, uh, probably also allowing that mother energy to come to me because that relationship with my mom is extremely strained, you know, and she's just struggles a lot with, uh, addiction still to this day. So it's, uh, this past couple of months as I'm undergoing this spiritual transformation eternally, she too is, uh, really, really struggling in life. So I'm sure there's more of a deeper connection, as you said, a spiritual project. I would not be surprised if that is kind of some of the next stuff that is coming towards me to have to deal with on this journey. Yes. The mother wound and the, you know,
1: just that's a, that's symbolic. It's collective, you know, it's the planet earth, mother earth, the wound of the earth. And, you know, the, the divine feminine energy that has been suppressed because, um, modern society, men and women alike have overemphasized the masculine energy. Um, I feel like, there's a lot of ancestral energy in your dreams as well. This is super exciting and prophetic. And when you talked more about the yellow bird, when it was staring at you, I got more goosebumps. And something about the transmission, this bird is looking you right in the eye. You're getting a transmission. And then that separation between the mother and the child lion. But your mother loves you very much. Um, and and you you're somehow you are taking the, ba- the baton and you are going to break... The wounds that are transferred and carried from generation to generation in the female lineage and you'll, you you are a pioneer and you're going to break and heal the wounds of your ancestral past.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. a lot of sense. So can you talk a little bit more about, um, you know, and I love and appreciate so much that you're working with me as we're having this conversation. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, But I'd like you to maybe explain a little bit more about the programs that you offer other women, women. And, um, you know, you even have on your website, if you want to know the message from a wild animal in your life, get your message now. And, you know, you allow people to tell you their stories like I'm doing right now about these animals. That I'm seeing, and then you help people to guide and explore that message. And then you also have, it looks like a kick ass program, Women on a Mission program, six weeks or three months. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. So, if people are guided um, and feel connected to you to work with you, I'd like them to know a little bit more about what you do with them.
1: Well, I, yeah. So just like your animal dream and encounters, I work with people in that way very intuitively. I try not to tell them what it means, but I'll give them clues and then they decide if it resonates or not. So it's really fun when people have animal encounters. They love to come to me and say, oh, my gosh, this just happened. And we talk it through. And then I'm in the process, I'm demonstrating to them how they can do it themselves, which is part of the reason I went into to your animal encounters with you, just to show people how it works and to give them clues how they can do it with themselves. Um, so people do come to me all the time with their animal encounter stories, which is very spontaneous. So I can work through texting. Um, so a lot of people ha- are on a texting program with me. And then when they just have a question, they text me something and or we do audio uh, memos for each other. And I also have a magnificent barn where I ended up because there were so many bones in 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 our in my barn that I had collected over the years. Fifteen years in, I finally started to realize the significance of what I had done and learned with the animals. And so, I I took all of the animal parts and and made them into art and displayed them in a barn. And people come to my barn and work with me, sitting in the barn, and it is palpable, the energy in there. There's so much beauty, so many animals, like a natural history museum, but with soul, because there's a story with every animal and deep connection with my energy. So when people come in there, it's a very supportive energy for opening up and talking. Now, not everybody lives close enough to me that they can come to the barn. So I also work with people over the phone or Skype. And some people don't know what their soul path is or who they are on the inside. And they want my help moving through situations where they're blocked um, or sadness and grief. And so I will work with them on that. The women on a mission, it's it's for those women that just know they have something and they have clues and they're doing it, but they need support. They need someone to talk to. They need a witness. They need guidance. And so I will hold that container for them in a six-month, sorry, a six-week or a three-month program. And that's once a week on the phone or in person with interactions in between. I work very intuitively. I don't have a cookie cutter formula because I'm the owl I see in the dark. I just see things about people when I work with them. I know who you are on the inside. And so I can help you become your own authority. That's really my goal. So speaking to me in a sacred container where I understand you and see things is transformative because, um, holding that cauldron is safe. I'm not going to gossip and I'm definitely not going to judge you. And then that just gets people closer and closer to who they are. So they become self-empowered.
0: Beautiful. Well, and as you were, um, just talking about that, I did a quick Google search for the bird. I just did yellow bird, black wings, and I got goldfinch. It's the American goldfinch, and it says, having the goldfinch totem means that you enjoy strong and bright days and that you complete tasks and achieve goals for the future. The goldfinch spirit animal also represents gratitude and appreciation for the good things and the bad things. And then here we go with your message today on in this conversation. They mold you into the person that you need to become. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, right? That is
1: amazing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And again, I love it that it's a goldfinch because remember I said yellow, a really strong yellow can be intellectual, something going on in your mind, but gold is spiritual, you know, um, enlightenment and awakening. And so I really felt it was more gold with this yellow bird because of the lion dream, which is that golden spiritual energy. And you just confirmed it with the word gold. So you see, you (laughs) you can even go into the word and play with the word.
0: Yes. And then I see what you're talking about, the rabbit hole, you know, then I could take some of this research into the color gold, right? Gold and spirituality, you know, what does that mean? And then that then taking me down another rabbit hole into another thing. So this is awesome. It's fun. It's so cool. And like you said, I think if nothing else, the animal kingdom really uh, reassures us, right? Kind of uh, reminds us um gives us validation i think that's the word you know validation that we're on the right path yes this is what we're supposed to be doing and also i think they kind of keep us on track a, a little bit too if you're willing to pay attention
1: Yes, that's it exactly. And to take it one step further, because that is it, bingo, spot on. I couldn't say it any better. And to take it one step further, it does slay loneliness. So much of us, so many of us feel lonely, and yet we're not satisfied on social media and computers, and, and, and we're lonely and longing for something. We're actually lonely and longing for ourselves our inner essence. So when we're going down this rabbit hole and we're open and aware and talking to animals, even though it's not this huge mess, people want a message from a bird that says, okay, quit your job and, you know, (laughs) move to Alaska. It doesn't happen that fast, but... What happens, like you said, is you get validated and reassured that you're on their path, but you feel connected to this animal because it's there and it's alive. And then it's causing you to go down the rabbit hole. So you're learning more about yourself and you're actually in dialogue with yourself when you're down the rabbit hole because you're following the clues that resonate with you that are interesting, that are fascinating. And you're not thinking, am I going to make money? And, you know, should I do this? And what will someone else think? That's authenticity. That's a dialogue with yourself.
0: Mm, Beautifully said Awesome. Well, Lucinda, this This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for your insight, for allowing me to share my dreams and the messages that I've gotten from these birds, making the connection for me. I'm definitely going to move forward with that. Um, And for those of you listening, uh, her book that I had the opportunity to read is Confessions of a Bone Woman, Woman, Realizing Authentic Wildness in a Civilized World. And her website is authenticwildness.com. And before we get off too, I wanted to let you know the book that I was referring to with Maladoma uh, maybe our listeners are interested too but um, for you if you want to read the book that I was referring to where he goes through the different minerals of each person and the different ceremonies that you can do for each mineral it's called the healing wisdom of Africa so it's different from the um, the one that you read which was I believe of water and spirit yes his biography yeah so it's the I, I received all that information from the healing wisdom of Africa book.
1: Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah,
0: that goes into a ton of different uh, ceremonies, you know, that you can do to honor the different elements. So thank you. I had such a blast uh, talking with you. And uh, if you have any other things going on, I would love to have you back as a guest. So any way we can support the work that you're doing uh, would be a gift for me to give back to you. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you. And I want to support your journey, too. I'm so fascinated. So let's keep in touch. Thank you for today. It was it was just a treasure. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Path 11 podcast today. I hope you all enjoyed this show. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon page, I'd like you to do so because we are going to start putting some content over there that is only for our Patreon subscribers. You can get content for as little as donating a dollar a month and it could just be a one-time donation. We have other freebies over there that you can get depending upon how much you would like to donate. And again, it could be a one-time donation or you can continue to keep your subscription on a monthly basis at that donation level, but I just put my MBT Immersive Experience, which was a four-day intensive meditation training in Tennessee with physicist Tom Campbell. I was listening to binaural beats, going to altered states of consciousness, having out-of-body experiences and life-changing experiences that I was able to bring back uh, for myself, for my clients, for my friends that was just out of this world. So if you would like to listen to that, I'd like you to head on over to path11podcast.com. You're going to see an orange button that says Patreon. Become a Patreon today and you can have access to that podcast. And I would like to remind you to head on over to path11productions.com and check out the membership that we have for the Afterlife Awareness Conference. We have over 25 hours of footage with amazing speakers like William Buhlman, Thomas John, Terry Daniel, Suzanne Geisman, Suzanne Northrup, Linda Fitch, uh, Austin Wells, just a few people uh, to name all. Off that were amazing. These workshops are just so valuable. So I think that you would really enjoy it. It's also a great thing to think about to maybe give the gift to somebody who is struggling with grief. If you are looking for resources, this is a great conference to send people to to check out. And thanks again for listening today.